0: Hello everyone, this is Sam of Historian Splaining. a historian tells you why everything you know is wrong. These lectures are on SoundCloud, YouTube, Stitcher, Podbean, and other platforms. And if you can help to keep them coming, please go to my Patreon page, the link is in the description. So I just wanted to give an update that thanks to my growth in patron support, I now will be engaging with a producer, and that will be the wonderful opera, theater, and audio director and producer, Dan Rogers and we have been discussing how we can go about branching out and diversifying historians' planning, including by making video lectures with images, possibly live lectures that listeners and supporters can join, as well as lectures about music. I expect that soon I will post a poll on Patreon that all patrons will see where they can vote or express their ideas about the topics for video lectures. So thank you so much to patrons for making that possible, and thank you to Dan, and I hope that in the near future, we can find a way to introduce him. I mentioned this previously a few days ago when I posted on Patreon my latest installment of Doorways in Time, The Great Archaeological Discoveries, about the rediscovery and recovery of early audio recordings from the 19th century, going all the way back to the 1850s, So you know it involves many surprises, including French space lasers, and finally what I think of as the pièce de résistance, a recently rediscovered recording from 1889 of a major European political figure whose voice had never been heard on record before. So if you want to hear that whole lecture and all of the strange and bizarre history that's coming to light about the beginnings of sound recording, please go to Patreon and become a supporter at any level, even if it's just a dollar. So what I'll do now is just play a brief clip from the middle of that lecture just as a teaser. And then lastly, at the end, I will thank those who made this lecture possible, both in terms of discovering and providing these recordings to the public and my patrons. And later that year, in September 1860, it seems Scott made a last batch of recordings. The final one of all probably was a line from the song Vol Petite Abeille, or Fly Little Bee, from a recent French comic opera called La Reine Topaz by Victor Massé. So it seems by the end of 1860, Scott felt that he had completed his experiments and gotten everything he could out of his phone invention, and he mainly tasked himself with submitting papers and records to archives and to scientific academies to prove the efficacy of his invention now soon after others both in europe and north america began to take similar principles inspired to varying degrees by scott's invention and reapply them so over the course of the 1860s several technicians actually took scott's idea of creating an instrument that mimics the ear and you could say went a step backwards in the sense that they began attempting to make recordings in phonautogram form, using actual ears taken from human and animal cadavers. This was first attempted by the Viennese ear doctor Adam Pulitzer in July 1861. A short time later, a colleague of Pulitzer named August Lucay did the same thing in 1862, actually attaching the small stylus to the eardrum directly of a, an ear taken from a cadaver. And doing this, he did manage to create a few phonautograms with recognizable waveforms, which were then published. Centuries later, when the First Sounds Collective attempted to make a sound file to play back the sounds from this ear experiment, it just basically sounds like static. There's no real discernible tone to it. But nonetheless, it did at least produce a wave. Shortly after, the first working phonautograph in the United States was created by an MIT student from Minnesota named Charles Wilson Morey, and Morey attached levers to the membrane of the phonautograph in order to amplify the motions of the stylus and to make stronger recordings with greater amplitudes. In 1874, Morey published his designs and his results, including several phonautograms. And this instrument then, created by Mori, based on Scott's invention, was then used by Alexander Graham Bell in order to make more phonautograms to study the behaviors of vowel sounds. And one of Maury's published phonautograms was described as an oo sound, as in the word mood. First sounds then obtained this phonautogram and converted it into a sound. So finally, as for thanks, special thanks to the First Sounds Collective for recovering long-lost audio recordings and sharing their files freely with the global public at firstsounds.org. All audio files used in this lecture are courtesy of First Sounds, except for the edison von Germann Cylinder recording, which is courtesy of the National Park Service and the Cylinder Archive. And lastly, as I said, this lecture is brought to you by the letter B. And so I will thank now, by name, my current active patrons, beginning with the letter B. Becky Mann, Ben I, Ben Cartman, Benjamin Newcomb-Groyser, Benjamin Plafker, Bill Kirkpatrick, Brenna Hogan, Bronwyn Keen-Young, Brooke Meachin, and Brian Cam. Thank you.